may be seated. It's good to be back and back with feeling a little better. And uh, you ever you ever been sick where you get sick of being sick? You know, you're just sick of sick. <laughs> wow, you laid. I never slept so much in my life in the last two weeks. My mother always said I was a boy who needed my rest, but this is enough is enough. Um, but one of the, one of the uh, verses of scripture that kept coming to mind while I was you know, ill was Psalm 103. You know that one, don't you? Bless the Lord, O my soul. We used to sing it in the chorus. Bless the Lord, O my soul. You know, and all that is within me, right? Who heals us from all of our diseases. I just kept laying there, believing that. God, you're going to heal me. God, you're healing your people. God, you're, you're, you are a healer. You, you. It is in your nature to heal and, and keep us and in, in sustain us. Now, we're going to look at a story that Jesus told many, many years ago, and you'll recognize this parable. Well, I thought about bringing some seeds into the church, but then I got to thinking about poor Austin, who would have to clean up these seeds. So I had something else come to mind. Maybe we'll do it, maybe we won't. But I think I'm going to. We'll see how that goes. We're going to read the verses first. All right, you ready to go here? Jesus taught in stories. Much of his stories were stories that the people he was talking to were, could relate to. And so in Matthew's Gospel, 13th chapter, verse 1 says this, On that day Jesus went out of the house, sitting by the sea, and great multitudes gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole multitude was standing on the beach. Now get a picture of this in your mind, he's out on the water in a boat, he sits down. What does that mean when a preacher sits down? Absolutely nothing. It just means perhaps that he's going to be there a while. Or you're going to be there a while. Yeah. After all, Jesus understood, uh, what's the word, acoustics. You ever been on a fishing boat and somebody over there about a half a mile is clunking and bonging and making noise, right? Isn't it interesting how sound carries on the water? Yeah. You can hear things, people talking. At least I used to be able to hear them. <laughs> well, Jesus knew what he was doing. Jesus had something to say. It said he spoke many things to them in parables. Now he gives examples. 
saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds, some seeds fell by the wayside, or by the road. And birds came and ate them up. So here's what we're going to do. This looks like it'll work, maybe. All right, okay. These are not real. All right. I'm are you messing with my flowers? This is stuck. Okay, we'll just put them right over there. They're, in the, they're on the ground. You want to get the picture. Normally, you would have a sower that would sow it, you know, seed. Whether he was sowing wheat or whether he was sowing flax or whatever, some type of grain, the sower was at it. Some seed fell on the rocky place where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched. And because they had no root. Right. They had no root. They withered over. Where'd Anna go? Anna, you planted flowers in the garden once. Right? You remember that? No? You don't remember? It's been that long ago, right? Well, we planted some things in this, this, this year in the garden, the flower garden. Now, when I say we, I, I'm referring to my uh, daughter-in-law, Lindsay. She's, a, she's, she's good at it. She loves to do it. She loves to plant, work with flowers. And sure enough, most of them made it because I had the water about every day. Right? But there's a couple that... Nah, they were stressed. The sun just bang. It was just beep. They're, they're done. No use. Over. So when Jesus talks to the people about sowing, immediately their ears perk up. That's something that's familiar. What is the Lord trying to tell us? What is he trying to say to us? Some seeds fell on good soil. Some seeds fell on good soil. And the reason we can have hope today is because some seeds are going to fall on good soil. The reason we have hope for tomorrow and hope for our family and hope for our children is because we can pray that they'll have good soil, that the soil will be good. It would be foolish to plant something without preparing the soil. So after he talks to the people about this story of sowing, he talks to his, his inner crowd. He talks to the core group. He talks to the people that are close to him, his disciples, and they're wondering, what in the world is he trying to say? What are you talking about, man? And it would seem so obvious what is it? But it wasn't obvious to them. And he, he quotes from Isaiah. I'm not going to read all of it, but he, he, Jesus is the Word, right? In the beginning it was with the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word, you know, John 1 1. 
the work. He he quotes from the prophet Isaiah, you will keep on hearing, but will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull, and with their ears they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return, and I should heal them. Interesting verse, almost like what? Do these people have any hope? Jesus knew what he, what, he, what he was saying, and Jesus knew the people whom he was saying it to. The advantage of the help of the Holy Spirit that you and I have, and we accept Jesus Christ in our heart, we receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to quicken your mind to the understanding that you get, you get truth. You understand, you're not just reading simple words, you, they, they, be, they begin to make sense, and all of a sudden, you, this is what I need to apply to my life and to this situation. Jesus understood soil. Jesus understands conditions of people's heart, the soil of our heart. And I'm here to just remind us, Simply reading the scriptures will help keep our soil where it ought to be and soaking in. Now, a couple of comparisons. We have number one, God's word. We have the seed. This it is it is absolutely uh, going to be forever and forever. His word shall never pass away. Uh, this. This is his promise to us, and God's word will accomplish that which he desires. A verse in Isaiah that talks about how the water and the snow come down. The rain and the snow. You must have been thinking about Minnesota, right? The rain and the snow come down to replenish the earth. So shall my word be. It will accomplish what he desires. Friends, never underestimate the power of God's word under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. When you speak it or live it or demonstrate it through an act of love, a deed, even saying, a kind word to someone, a stranger. I believe it all adds up. Even in your business, when you choose to bless people, choose to be kind to them, choose to live as Jesus would have you live, you're planting, you're sowing the seed of God's word. Love, joy, peace, you're planting, you're sowing. Or you're, then we could even turn it turned back to the soil needs to be turned over. The soil sometimes needs to be harrowed. The soil sometimes needs to be weeded. My garden right now, anyone want to volunteer help me come over? You know, well, that's what Carrie's talking about. She wants to have a bonfire, but really she's thinking about, I can get these people over and pull the weeds. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't get scared off. No, don't get scared off. Isn't it interesting how God compares farming and gardening and the principles that are there 
are so basic, are so like, well, yeah, we've heard this over and over. But look what the Lord can do. Now I'm going to pull out of my old, mm, my old, uh, you know, my, my youth. I was telling my son the other day, the first time I picked wild rice with my brother, we got a whopping 20 pounds. What do you do with 20, 20 pounds is not very much rice in a canoe. We were like sixth, seventh grade. How many know, know what I'm talking about? Okay, wild rice pickers in Minnesota, I go out in a canoe, and one guy sits on the back, toward the back, and he has two, I don't call them clubs, don't want to call them clubs, but they're sticks, and they're really like heroin sticks, like flan, you flan, you don't whack it, you don't beat it, you flan. You want to just touch it, the stalks of the rice is coming up out of the water, and then it lays in the boat. Horton, you, you know what I'm talking about. You've probably done it. Well, anyway, we had this old tub of a canoe. It was about that wide. Not very wide. And we had to soak it overnight in the river so we could float the next day. How many know that wood swells in water, right? So all this, all this story about the ricin, 20 pounds, that changed. We developed our skills and pretty soon we were able to get 200 pounds in the boat, and even close to 300 pounds. Wow. You know how much that is? That's a boat, that's a canoe for that. But rice is, wild rice is one of the most interesting. Um, you never know from year to, from year, to year what you're going to get. It all depends on water level, water temperature, how late, you know, the warmth may last. And it all comes down to all these things coming together. And so what happens if you don't have a good year? You always hope for the next year to be better. And did you know that a kernel of wild rice can lay dormant for many years in the lake? Unless it has all the right temperature, Water level and all the good things that God does, it can lay there dormant. Isn't it interesting that you may have planted a seed in someone's life? Maybe you taught a Sunday school class, or maybe you were with someone at camp over the, over the summer. Maybe you were somewhere, somehow you, you, you felt you had something to speak into somebody's life. And you planted it. You sowed it. And there... Because you sowed it and you were faithful, God was faithful to his word, and he gave the increase. Which Paul said, said it this way, when the people in Corinthians were arguing, ah, you know, I'm, I'm a, I was saved because of Apollos, and I was, you know, I was, saved, I was saved because of Paul, you know, I'm really saved, you know. They were comparing their, their salvation to, to each uh, leader that was helping them, and Paul goes like this, I, I planted a Paul's water, but God, but God was causing the growth, so neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but God who causes the growth. Well, that should help us focus 
Our job is to plant, go out and speak into people's lives, live in such a way that will demonstrate what it is to be Christ-like, and God causes to grow. God transforms. God himself begins to bring conviction, which I'm so glad. Hey, it, it never works to say, hey, you know, you don't. We don't change the way now. Does it? When people sense that there's a genuine love and concern coming from our hearts. And sometimes we we don't we shouldn't say anything, and sometimes we should say something. But with the help of the Holy Spirit. You see, what's, what's going on in people's lives is there's a battle. It's the battlefield that's going on in people's lives. They don't want to say yes yet. And here's some reasons. As Jesus began to explain the parables, here's what's going on. Par this parable that Jesus talked about is exactly what is going on in the world today. Many people in our world, in our America land, have heard the gospel. They've heard who Jesus is. Some haven't, which is unbelievably... We wonder what? But many understand who Jesus is, but they're not quite ready to make him Lord. We're not quite sure if we want to be that kind of a Christian. You see what I'm saying? Because there's so much I want to do in this life. There's so many things. And so, Jesus explains some of this seed that was sown is, is snatched up by the enemy. The birds came and gobbled it up. And so the next, the next thing is that some, were, some heard the word, but, and they got all excited. They were, they were ready to, to, to sell out for Jesus. But first thing you know, there was a, a, a temptation or a test, a, a valley they had stepped into an attack for the enemy, all of a sudden they, they began to fall away. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying to us today. We've got to not only show the word, but have to become believers, go and make disciples. Jesus knew what he was talking about, didn't he? Jesus knew what he was talking about. Don't just go make converts. But to go make disciples, what's that difference? The difference is that you, you live with those people. You, the difference is that you, you, you spend time with those people, you disciple those people, you, you love on those people, you, you go after them when they're, not, when, they're, when they're missing. That's the difference. And so the soil needs to be kept. Farmers understand the importance of timing. A certain time of the year, for corn, for example, 
It, it needs to be heralded. It needs to be weeded so they'd go through and do their thing. And then it would stay healthier. So often, as we are living in this, in this, in this life and in the, in the things that we're learning and the things of God, all a lot of the time we don't understand all the words, especially for a young believer. They just need to, they just need to know that someone is there they can they can go to, or they need to know what what's what does this mean with the help of the Holy Spirit, so that they can begin to form their own conviction about. And I think this one here, Jesus explained about the thorns are so evident around us today. Just think about it for a moment. How many things are pulling at you and I for your attention? How many things? Busyness, oh my goodness, well, I'm all guilty. We get guilty and be, we love to be busy and it, it, we just have to guard our heart that we don't replace busyness with our private time with Jesus. Keeping it in priority. Keeping that all in focus and right relationship. Now, I mentioned the soil. We'll never sow if we wait until the soil is perfect. The flip side of this is you, you may not have an, another chance. God sometimes gives you a chance to sow, take it. I, I, I have a friend that I don't know where he's at right now in eternity. He, he, he was all alone living with his dog, and he, he had a house fire. He had a trader house, and he had, had burned, and I couldn't believe it. I go by there one day, and I'm, oh my goodness, I hope he's okay. He was one of those loner time of guys, and I always wanted to get to him. I always wanted to have some, somewhere, somewhere along the line, I could just, just so I knew where he was at. I wasn't sure. I'm not sure. And so I, I live with a little bit of regret. At the same time, I know that's God, the one who saves and he orchestrates. But you see, we may not get another chance. That's what I'm saying. Not to guilt trip any of us. It's not what it's about. It's just sometimes that there's an urgency. There's an urgency that this, something the Lord's, this wells up. You need, you need to speak now. You need to, you need to reach out to that person now. Because you may not have another chance, but I was going to use Ecclesiastes 11.4. You know, he who watches the wind will not sow, and he who looks at the clouds will not reap. Well, if you take a concrete guy, imagine that. This year has been easy. We don't get rain. But there's been years, but every other day or so, it rains. And so I get this kind of a, sometimes I get a gut feeling, and, you know, Terry will look up on her phone and say, oh, yeah, it's going to rain, it's going to rain. Yeah, you can't pour. And the whole day goes by and it doesn't rain. What am I saying? We have to sow with faith because God operates by faith. 
And so it's kind of like, what do we have that we can give back to the Lord? What is it that's in our, in our hands? What is it that's in our homes? What is it that's in our hearts? Do we have the soil? We have the seed. We have the Savior. Amen? Who's the greatest teacher of all times, greatest evangelist of all times. For example, when he sat and talked with a woman, it wasn't right because the deal was Samaritans don't associate with the Jews. This is taboo. Jesus is sitting there having a conversation. Jesus knew exactly how to lead that woman, open her heart to spiritual things. I want to challenge you and I today. Is this planting a seed? Even if it's saying God is able. Simple. You're not going into a long verse. I want to start. Sometimes people aren't ready for nothing more than just a tidbit. And you say, you know what? God cares about me. Or you say, you know what? I had a family that I was working for, and some of you might remember them. But when I visited their building site, I'm a builder, concrete guy, by the way. So. I asked them, why, why are you building it? You know, what, what, you know, you know guys, are, are you retiring? Well, they got quiet. And they said health, health reasons. Oh, I said, oh. And I felt led to say, you know what? Uh, I believe God heals. And I have, I, have, I have a church, I said. We pray for the sick. And they were here the next Sunday. And they came. And every Sunday they were here. Well, I can't orchestrate things like that. I, that's not me. God is the one that opens the doors for the, for the sower to sow the seed. And so we had an opportunity to pray with that family, an extended family, and help walk through uh, this man's illness. I think I think back on that's one of the highlights of my ministry. One more story. I was I was doing a funeral in my hometown in Aiken for a young man that was, was killed, and lo and behold, here this. Younger man comes up and he's just all excited to see me. He said, Oh yeah, you were I said, You were in Talitha, you were one of the young, you were one of them kids. And he said, I just wanted to thank you for sending me to camp. Your church supported me to go to camp. I just wanted to let you know that I'm doing really good with my life. I'm, I'm going to a church, and he's, he's in another state, and I'm, I've married a wife, and we go, to ch- we go to church together. And I'm sitting there thinking, yes, yes. Something happened. 
Because we reached out, because the church reached out, they saw there was a need. We could do something. See, that's seeds. We'll never have a harvest if we don't put seed into the ground. And so you understand this. And so if I say it's, it's too hard, if I say, oh, well, it's no use, they won't believe, then I'm just shooting myself. I'm just, I'm just uh, cursing myself. But if I say, God, I believe that you will honor your word, that you are faithful to your word. And then even though I may not see anything, even if it takes a lifetime or a next lifetime, so be it, I'm going to, I'm going to sow. I'm going to keep on. And we, we, we were thinking about how many years we've been here. Oh, my word, where's the time gone? 20, 24 years. And sometimes we'll have people come up to us and, you know, remember, we remember them. Remember when they were, I was at a function somewhere in another part of the community and, I, oh, yeah, I know you. How you doing? You know, it's like just they moved away and sometimes you forget about people come and go. Churches have seasons where we, 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 we grow Sometimes we plateau, sometimes we decline. What we need to do is keep sowing, keep working the soil. Don't give up. Continue to be faithful. Let God give the increase. And I believe that there is much hope, much, much hope for the future. Young people ought to get us excited. Because it's their generation. They're going to reach their generation. Because somehow they saw something faithful in us. God is the one who builds his church. We are just called to be vessels. We are called to be workers. We are called to be servants. We are called to love one another. We're called a minister to the Lord. May I conclude with one little short story in Acts chapter 2. This is right after, this is right on the right aftermath of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were on fire with, with the Holy Spirit. They were equipped. They were empowered. Peter spoke like none. No, this Peter spoke like never before. Peter denied the Lord because he would, had the power at the time. The Holy Spirit wasn't, wasn't in him at that time like a dimension it was later. 3,000 believed the system. 3,000 were saved. Not a bad Sunday. <laughs> I wonder if it, is it, maybe the Lord is saying, you know, this can happen. Wouldn't it be amazing? Just, can I plant a little seed, John? 
if you start praying for a neighbor or two, or someone you know that really needs the Lord, and you, you really start praying for their salvation. And God would open the door for them to come to know Jesus. You would, you would bring so much more energy. So much more energy. Life would begin to blossom. I don't know about you, but it, really what gets success would get us excited is that your friend or your, your family member, someone who you prayed for, would touch and was saved. Because Jesus is the builder. Jesus is the baptizer. He's the one who baptizes people with fire and the Holy Spirit. There's another dimension of the church. Jesus said, I will build my church. He's not saying, well, now, look what the devil did. Might as well just forget it. <laughs> How many know that Jesus can build his church in adversity? The book of Acts is filled with adversity. Adversity. Persecution hit. Persecution hit the church. And here's one of my, one of my thoughts that, that I was, I woke up one morning on, with this passage on my heart. I said, Lord, this, this must be it. But as I read this verse, and I read the verse about the thorns and the cares and the worries of this life choked out. There are many Christians in our country, in our communities, that the cares of this life squeezed out pushed out that they're barely hanging on. And here's my concern. If persecution, if, if persecution, I should probably say when persecution comes, I feel it in my spirit. Persecution will come. Persecution. Let's try not to hide or deny it, but the Lord is our strength. You see, persecution I always strengthen the church. Why? Because it, you were either in or you were out. There was no middle of the road. And I want us to believe together. We are going to stand. We are the church. We are blood bought. We are purchased by the blood of the Lamb. And Jesus said, In my name you shall do greater things than these. In my name. In my name, and we can stand. Friends, today I want you to begin to think about maybe there's someone in your family, maybe there's someone who you work with, maybe there's someone who would, on the corner, street corner, I want you to begin to lift their names up to Jesus. Begin to, in your quietness of your heart, begin to call their names to Jesus right now. We praise you right now that we can. Bring these people to you. That, Lord, your concern for them is their salvation. Your heartbeat is for their heart to be saved. Their heart to know you. Hallelujah. Oh, I refresh your people today. May we become initi initiative. 
intentional. May we be sensitive to what we need to say and what we need to do as a church. Lord, you will give the increase. We give you now our hearts afresh and anew that we would be found with our soil saying, Lord, here I am. Even Isaiah said, after he was touched by God, said, here I am, send me. God, you can do that. Make us willing. Jesus' name. Praise God. And I want to lead us in